Welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. I am joined today by Matt Rungi and his brother Nick. Uh, welcome in, guys. Um, today we have the Orlando Magic breakdown. If you haven't checked out our past episodes, make sure to do that as well. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our TikTok uh, at Shots Aside. And if you have any comments or suggestions, send it to our Gmail account at shotsaside at gmail.com. But with that being said, let's jump right into the action, boys. So, um, additions for Orlando right now, um, you know, they really didn't add a lot in free agency. They got Bull Bull and Xavier Simpson, but uh, big additions in the draft with Paolo with the first overall pick. And then I believe they got Caleb Houston in the second round. I'm not sure which pick, um, but Matt, I want to get your thoughts real quick on the new addition of bringing in Paolo. Yeah, so I like uh, the additions for this Magic team, specifically Paolo Banchero, uh, or Bancaro, actually. <laughs> um, but considering he's the first overall pick, I think he's going to be a much-needed addition to this Magic team, um, who has really been lacking a star. They, they're kind of like a, a team that's full of like really good like roll-to-rotation players. Um, and I think Paolo can separate in and be an immediate impact player. Um, somebody that can kind of be their go-to star that, that can actually average over 20 points per game because they didn't have a 20-point-per-game score last year. And I think, um, you know, that that's the most polished part of his game so far is his offense. Um, I know that he could definitely use some work on the defensive end, but I think not seeing his frame and his size, I think that can come. Um, he's also, like, considering uh, he's – a power forward and six foot 10, he's got a, a really nice handle for his size. So I think he can really be a kind of like a positionless player for the most part too, on the offensive end. I mean, the defensive end will hopefully come, but I think on the offensive end, like, I mean, he can pretty much play like one through five. Like he, at Duke, he was capable of bringing the ball up the court um, and really like running the offense. Like he's not, the fanciest passer in the world but he can pass and facilitate at, at a high level and he does a good job of getting in the lane and kicking out too um I think he was a nice addition and then obviously Caleb Houston was their I believe second round pick and he's from the University of Michigan he's also a nice addition uh, I don't think he'll get a ton of playing time this year if if at all I, he's probably a, is he a two-way player I don't know if you guys know that, but I don't think he's going to get a ton of time to start because he's a little bit more, um, you know, unpolished and still needs to work on some, especially on the offensive end. He struggled at times at Michigan. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about the additions this year? Yeah, I mean, Caleb Houston, he's kind of uh, that young guy that, you know, he'll he'll grow over the last couple of years. But the main show, it's uh, the number one pick, Paolo Banchero. I mean, finally the Magic got the number one pick in the lottery. Uh, they've been in the lottery so many times in the past, uh, you know, post Dwight Howard era. But they got the number one pick, and I think they got the most NBA-ready guy. And like you said, Matt, positionless basketball, definitely kind of a guy that's in the, the modern NBA. Uh, being Minnesota guys, uh, you know, Jalen Suggs, who went to the same high school as Chet, so – I wonder how he feels about the pick. I'm sure he's still excited. Um, but I guess, uh, Alex, what are your thoughts being from Minnesota? Uh, do you think Paul is deserving of that number one, or, or would you have gone Chet, or, or how do you see his fit on this team? Yeah, I mean, I like all the top three players that went in this draft this year. I mean, probably prefer Paulo over all of them just because I'm a big Duke fan, but that's maybe a little biases right there. But uh, I think Paul is a great fit here. Adds offense to this team that was really struggling to score last year. Um, Defense, you know, they got players that can play defense. You know, hopefully Jonathan Isaac comes back, uh, players like that. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, based off what you said, Matt, um, I I do think Caleb Houston will get some minutes. Uh, maybe not a ton of minutes just because they're so loaded at that guard position. But if he does find the time on the court, I, I mean, we saw it in summer league. Like, he can shoot the hell out of the ball. So that's what I'm looking forward to with Caleb Houston. Uh, Paulo, I mean, it's it's written in the stars for him to be a superstar in this league. And uh, we're definitely going to find out what he can bring to this league. Um, moving on to subtraction, though. Um, if you guys want to get into that, uh, Nick? 
Yeah, I'm not even sure who these guys are. I don't think they really lost much. Uh, Ignas, uh, something long last name, and uh, Robin Lopez. Um, so they didn't really uh, lose much. Uh, they can only grow from where they were last year. Obviously, they had the number one pick for a reason. Um, I mean, Paulo Banchero going to be be a huge addition. He's been making headlines recently, too. I don't know if you guys saw him getting into it with DeJounte Murray. He kind of got dogged by him, but he, he was fighting back, which I – I like to see. I think he's kind of that alpha that they needed on that team. So uh, I think it's all about the additions, not really the subtractions. But Matt, you want to you want to run through the starters or what you think uh, the Magic are going to look like uh, opening night? Yeah. So j- just uh, say something quick about that uh, Paulo and Dejounte Murray thing. I thought it was uh, pretty uh, cool, Paulo, like just to be able to keep keep his composure when he's getting the ball thrown at him and stuff. Uh, you'd think that like some young players would take that a little bit personally and maybe like try to push him back or throw some hands even. I know so, some people aren't able to keep their cool, but yeah, going into their uh, depth chart, I mean, I, I would assume the starting lineup is going to look something like uh, Cole Anthony at point guard, Jalen Suggs at shooting guard, Franz Wagner at small forward, Paolo at power forward and Wendell Carter at um, center. Uh, I think that this is, uh, you know, it's a really young starting lineup, but it's also, I think, has a lot of potential to be a, a really good starting lineup in the future, um, and they can all grow together. I think it, it'll be nice to see, like, a little bit more consistency with this uh, starting lineup this year than last year. I know with Suggs being out for a good portion of the year, and then um, I think that they had, uh, like, at, well, at power forward, like, obviously, like, they didn't have Paolo last year and Jonathan Isaac was out. So they were like doing a various rotation. I think at one point they were doing Wendell Carter at uh, power forward and Mo Bamba at center. Um, and then some games Chuma was uh, starting, um, but it'll be nice to have more consistency this year. I think I'm also really excited to see Jalen Suggs play hopefully a, a healthy year this year. Cause I think, I think he he's being slept on a little bit out of the rookies last year. Like I I know um, some of the other rookies are getting a lot more love, like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, rightfully so, just because they were healthy all year and played great. But I think I think he can still be a high level player in this league. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts about the starting potential starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, like you said, young team. This team took last in not only the conference but their division as well. So a young team that has a lot of potential, like you pointed out, but you know, Cole Anthony kind of the old dog on this team kind of has to bring these, bring these guys together. You know, I know he probably averaged what, like 16.1 points per game, which was the highest on the team, which is kind of crazy to think that a team like that could have like, I think it was like nine players on their team average 10 points and not a single one average 20. So um, I think that's going to change this year. Definitely when Paulo gets into the mix, I think he could, easily be a guy that puts up at least 20 points a game um maybe Wendell Carter takes that next step as well I'd like to see that and then Franz I liked what I saw out of him last year um the only question mark on this starting lineup is who's going to be that starting shooting guard I know you talked up Jalen Suggs and we're big Minnesota fans but you know he didn't have the best season last year and Cade Cunningham you know Scotty Barnes Mobley they all outshined him last year so this is kind of his year two to kind of make himself stand out in a way. Otherwise you're going to find a player like, you know, an older guy like Gary Harris, maybe taking that starting shooting guard position away from him. Maybe they, you know, feel comfortable with Caleb Houston, maybe with his shooting. Um, But it's going to come down to honestly how this team comes together. Um, And, and we're going to find out, you know, in the first month or two, how this team reacts to, not only having Paolo in their starting lineup, but how this team is going to come together and score points. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jalen Suggs did not play very well in his uh, limited games last year, but uh, like Matt said, he only he only played 48 games, so uh, a little over half the season, but he did only shoot 36% from the field and a dismal 21% from three. Uh, that's not going to cut it if you want to be a long-term NBA starter. They brought in Gary Harris uh, for kind of a surprising lot of money for Gary Harris. But this is a team that I don't think they're trying to win now. They're trying to build some chemistry with these young guys. 
Um, I still like their bench. It's, it's young. Uh, Fultz, he's never, never really put together a full season of health. Uh, he was the number one pick. People forget this dude was the number one pick. Um, he's actually a, a Washington guy like Paulo. Paulo went to Duke, but he's uh, kind of from that same region. So uh, maybe they'll get some chemistry and uh, put together a healthy season. And then Terrence Ross, he started a lot for them last year. He's kind of that NBA vet uh, who's who's been – you know, reliable to, to give you some good minutes, but um, kind of some funny stuff in uh, the, the NBA uh, Twitter world. Uh, I saw a video of him playing some NBA 2K, which we're all fans of here at Shots Aside. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, he was playing as himself, and uh, he, he bricked a buzzer beater at the end with himself, <laughs> and, and he was just uh, uh, just laughing at himself, and just uh, it's just kind of funny to see NBA guys using themselves, especially when, uh, you know, they all probably think they're 99. So, um but I, I'm curious to get your guys' take on, on guys uh, like Chuma Okiki, who I believe missed his entire first year in the NBA. Jonathan Isaacs missed like the past two years. And then Mo Bamba hasn't really up, lived up to the hype. Uh, they're all pretty young bench guys. Uh, Matt, what are you thinking about those three? They're kind of uh, some big question marks. Are they going to be on this team in the next couple of years? Or this is kind of uh, their, their shot to show uh, what they're made of? Yeah, so that, this uh, bench of theirs is actually really interesting. They got – a bunch of guys that are like either in have been injured and like guys like Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. Um, I guess she, even Chuma was injured. Um, I believe I think he tore his ACL, right? Um, yeah, I don't think he played the whole first year. Yeah, because like, then he tear it in the tournament too. I think. Yeah, I mean that he he helped that Auburn team like kind of Auburn basketball is good now, and he was part of that. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then um, they got like somebody like. Bull Bull, who's got a lot of potential too. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries too. Um, I think he, I mean, at Oregon, he had tons of potential. Like he, he honestly kind of reminded me of like a, a chat type player a little bit. Um, but he just hasn't been able to put it together at the NBA level. Um, but then like, even like in front of him, Mo Bamba, I think he's kind of like one of those fringe guys a little bit right now, just because not that he's at risk of not being on an NBA roster, but I think that, um, you know, he was some, he, I believe he was like, wasn't he like fifth overall pick or something like that? Um, so like the potential is like still there for him. Not, not everybody puts it together right away. So I think that they still have some guys that like uh, on the bench here that could really actually be like legitimate starters eventually if they can put some things together and have healthy seasons and stuff like that especially somebody like Jonathan Isaac. I think Jonathan Isaac before he got hurt was playing like all defense NBA. Um, and he could still be a great defender potentially if he is healthy again. Um, I could even see them maybe like doing, doing a lineup like someday of like Jonathan Isaac at center um, and doing a small ball lineup, kind of like warriors ask a little bit of um with Paulo at the four and then because so, that's still a lot of height with two six ten guys out there uh or Jonathan Isaac might even be six eleven um but that six foot ten okay yeah that, and that's pretty that's pretty a uh, good size especially when you're a good defender because he can guard um like centers so uh you know I think they have a lot of potential I think uh you know you could even see some guys like uh you know like uh Gary Harris or like uh, Mo Wagner or Mo Wagner. Um, yeah, or just, I was just gonna say like you could see those guys getting traded maybe eventually. Um, but I think you want to have some experience, and uh, obviously like I think part of like keeping Mo Wagner is because like Franz is on the team and he had a great first year, and you know, that's why you'd probably want to keep somebody like that over Robin Lopez. Um, because like he's more of just like a, uh, if you have to put him in player. Um, and then RJ Hampton, I mean, he had potential. Uh, I absolutely hate RJ Hampton's game. I think he's terrible. Um, that's just my opinion. I thought, I mean, he's a third year player and shit the bed in summer league. I think that he looked awful in summer league this year, but I mean, maybe he had something going on. I'm not the biggest RJ Hampton fan. I mean, maybe you guys are, but, uh, I'm already, I'm already off that train there. Um. But I think I think they got a lot of talent on this roster. I think it's more just about reaching the ceiling for these guys. No, I think GM John Hammond did a great job of 
bringing in these pieces. I mean, if you took their bench lineup and put it on like any team, I think they would be better than the Charlotte Bobcats that had the worst record in the NBA back then. Um, I think they got solid depth, even their third and sometimes fourth best, you know, or depth pieces are actually pretty decent as well. But when you look at their record, you know, 22 and 60 last year, 12 and 40 in the Eastern conference, three and 13 in this division. Um, you can see why last year, you know, it's going to come down to how Jamal Mosley coaches his team because Last year, you saw some injuries happen. You saw they couldn't really come together, bring that cohesiveness, and you know they lost a lot of games because of it. Um, I wouldn't say it's because of home games or away games because they pretty much split that evenly. But, Nick, I want to ask you, how does Jamal Mosley kind of bring this team to a better record this year? I'm not sure. But, I mean, the goal has to be a better record because they were pretty awful last year. But I'm not sure it's playoffs. But with the play-in, it does make it exciting because, you know, that 10 and 9 seed, I think, are, are kind of – the West is real deep. It's uh, – they would be dead last in the West. But in the East, that 9 and 10 seed, I think, uh, are, are a little bit up for grabs. I, I'm not quite sure who who's going to be there. Uh, I swear to my- uh, Mosley played in the NBA, but I guess he did not really play in the NBA. It looks like he played a lot of Europe ball, but he, he spent seven seasons as a Mavericks assistant. So I think, you know, he's been assistant in this league for over well over 10 years. He's getting the reins now. He's, he's got to make some improvements here in year two, even having a young group. Um, I think that the, they'll do well um, enough to, to maybe compete for, for that 10 seed or at least make it interesting. They could definitely be a team that as he's starting to, to win a few games in a row at the end of the season, building that chemistry, and then, you know, still drop into the lottery. But I think that's a successful year for them if they win over 30 games and if Paulo really shines out there. Um, and, and if Suggs, you know, takes that next step. I mean, he played pretty awful last year. Everyone in Minnesota is hoping that he, he represents and really secures himself as that uh, starting uh, shooting guard for them going forward. And Franz Wagner, I mean, he showed. I thought he was going to be as trash as his brother, who's on the team, but he uh, he actually went out there and uh, showed that he could play. He had some some really good stretches. Um, uh, you look for him to build on it. I mean, this is just a young team that's got to build. And uh, I mean, I don't think they have any more expectations outside of that. Uh, I've been impressed with Cole Anthony because he really plays kind of balls to the walls. You guys like Cole Anthony? I mean, first half of the season, yeah, he played amazing. But second half, he dealt with you know some injuries that kind of hampered him a little bit but I wasn't a big I'm not a big fan of his game I think his peak is just scoring you know defense hasn't been a strong point so I don't know what do you think Matt are you a big Cole Anthony fan you, you think that Suggs could play point guard instead of him because Suggs is Suggs could play point guard based on his height and I think at uh um you know looking at guys uh that he played point guard at Gonzaga and uh, going back to the Terrence Ross missing buzzer beaters. I mean, Jalen Suggs, he had a pretty big buzzer beater in the tournament against UCLA. He, he's a guy that I could see like having that leadership persona where he doesn't need to get the points. He can distribute the ball. Um, I would like to see him play a little point guard this year. What are your thoughts on Cole Anthony? Maybe. Well, the thing is like, we haven't seen Suggs play point guard really. Yeah. We haven't seen so enough nice of them. They have nice kind of three point guards on this team. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he could definitely play point guard. I think uh, you know, a lot of people forget too that like he had some god awful shooting numbers, but at the same time, like the reason he was out was because he broke his thumb. So like, I mean that that has to factor into it a little bit. And you know, as a rookie, like you have to get into a rhythm too because he he was uh in for I, I think he broke it like pretty early in the season, like like only like few games like five six games in the season or something like that um and then like because you got to get your stroke down because even Cade Cunningham missed his first 23 in the league so like and he shot 30 percent from three and people think he's a god so it, it it's not it's not uncommon for rookies to shoot bad but going off to the, the point about uh point guard I think I think he definitely could play point guard I think uh it, they're kind of in a tough position whereas like you know like um, Cole Anthony and Markel Floats aren't really as much of a shooting guard, so like they kind of have to play point guard by default. Uh, but I think he could eventually play point guard if they needed him to. I honestly like I like Cole Anthony, but 
I wouldn't mind seeing Markel Fultz get to a point where he could be a starter again. Because I mean, coming into the NBA, he was absolutely nasty. Like he he was, I was actually hyped for him. Like he could throw down some sick dunks and stuff like that. And he was a pretty good shot at Washington. Um, I think with time, he like he's still a young player. I think he could still get back to being like a very well-rounded player and he's he's a really good passer i think um but yeah i think suggs could i mean if if they decide to eventually move on from like somebody like cole anthony and markel folds suggs could be a long-term point guard i mean i don't mind him at shooting guard either though because i think he can score the ball at a high level yeah i mean main thing is he's he's just got to stay healthy i mean Magic injuries last year. Jalen Suggs still with injuries. Jonathan Isaac, we haven't seen him in basically two years. Bull Bull had a foot injury. Cole Anthony, hip. And then you said, what else as well? He had another injury as well, I believe. Uh, Markel Fultz. Cole Anthony. No, Cole, uh, Suggs had the thumb. He fractured his thumb. Right. Multiple injuries. So, um, I know I've talked about this on many you know, breakdowns before, but I think the key for any NBA team that wants to go – and make a playoff push when you're not that great of a team is you got to stay healthy and compete with some of these teams that might be either going through injuries at the time or aren't playing to their standards. So, I mean, even with the injuries on, you know, with the depth that they have on this team, I think even if they have a couple injuries, a couple players that go down, I think they have players that can fill those gaps and hopefully that can contribute to, you know, it's steady pace going throughout the season. What's uh, what's your record prediction, Alex? What do you think they're going to finish? What's what, what do you think they want to finish, and what do you think they will finish? Because I don't even know if they want to be that That's good. I still, I still think they want to maybe get one more nice young lottery pick. I also feel like I should look up – or one of us should look up how many picks they have because I feel like they, they might have a couple of picks because they traded Vooch, um, and I know they got some picks for him to the Bulls. Um so we'll have to look into that. But I, that I, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to to really make the playoffs this year. I th- my my prediction, I'm going to go 32 and 50. I think that's a you know that's a 10 game win improvement, but they're still going to get a nice pick. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, if you look at just their division, you know, playing Atlanta, Atlanta got better. Charlotte, I think they could probably compete with Charlotte a little bit, and Washington probably compete with them. Uh, Miami's still kind of the favorite in this division. I think. Record-wise for this team, though, uh, you said, what, 32, 32 and a half? Something like that. So, I mean, I think I'd be somewhere around there. I think I'd go maybe a little bit more up, depending on how Paolo and Suggs look. If I mean, say Paolo puts up, you know, around 22 to 25 points per game and Suggs ups his, you know, field goal, field goal percentage and three-point percentage, and maybe he puts up, a good solid like 15 or 16 a game. I could see this team winning like 35, 36 games at, but that's their peak. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I would have to agree. I'd say, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I'm as high at though. Like I think like 35 wins would be the ceiling for them. Um, it obviously depends on health a little bit. I think one of the biggest X factors is Jonathan Isaac because, I mean, this team was god-awful on defense. Like, they're atrocious. They, they let Kyrie score 60 on them last year. They let Sadiq Bay drop 50 on them last year. They let a number of other guys have some of their biggest games of the season against them last year. I mean, whenever anybody saw the magic on the schedule, they were just licking their chops, waiting to drop a big game on them. And I think when you add players like, Jalen Suggs more consistently, and if Jonathan Isaac can get back, those are probably their two best defenders. Um, then I think they could have a better shot at having a, a good year. But um, some of these guys, like Cole Anthony's a bad defender. Franz, I mean, while he's a good offense player, not the best defender. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. is decent. Mo Bamba's good sometimes. Um but really, yeah, I mean, really it all comes down to defense for these guys because uh, I know some of these guys can score good. Like Cole Anthony can score, Franz can score, Wendell Carter can score, Paolo can obviously score. So really it's going to come down to defense. That I think they're they're kind of in like the same boat as like Charlotte where like they're just going to have to outscore teams, like um, which I think they could. But 
at the same time, like, you know, there's a lot of teams that can score and also defend. So uh, I'd say 35 wins is their ceiling. I don't know. I think it'll be tough, though, because, you know, just a season ago, they were per game averaging 104 points per game. So are they going to – that was, you know, close to dead last in the NBA. So can Paolo kind of bring that up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Can Jalen Suggs bring that up? Yeah. If Cole Anthony stays healthy, same goes for him. I think it's the X factors come with the role players like Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., Jonathan Isaac, Okiki, if he can get some minutes. And then sixth man of the year not too long ago, Terrence Ross. If he can put up what he, I think he was averaging like 14 or 15 last year, but if he can do that again this year, I think. Uh, that's going to contribute to more scoring. So I agree with the point that, yeah, they're probably going to put up more points. It's just, you know, like you said, defense might be a little bit of struggle with Cole Anthony at that point guard position with so many good guards, point guards out there in the league. Um, I'm not really worried about Franz or Wendell Carter. I think both those two are pretty solid at defense already in their early careers. Um Paulo, we haven't really seen much. Oh, you disagree? They get fifty-one dropped on him by Sadiq Bay. So that was late in the uh, season. We no. cannot forget that. That was late in the season. I know everybody was watching the NCAA tournament, but we cannot forget that. That was we're talking about Sadiq Bay, not KD. That wasn't his first. That wasn't Sadiq Bay's first fifty-point game, though. And they had nobody else. I know. I'm just saying he's not an elite defender. Is Franz Wagner? I didn't say elite. He's not an elite defender. I didn't say elite. I said he's a good defender. He's a good defender. I say he's an average defender. All right, that's still better than Cole Anthony. If you were sleeping before in this podcast, after Matt made that noise, you were not sleeping anymore. <laughs> I, I I jumped there. Um, and uh, if you're a Magic fan, you got to be jumping for joy if this team just improves. Uh, you know, eight to ten games. I think is a realistic expectation. They're, I couldn't find their over/under on wins in Vegas, but uh, they're they're thirteen to one to even make the playoffs, and I feel like that's maybe a little too high for them. Um, but I mean, Paul is going to be good there. I think uh, that's the big addition. I, 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 you, you think he's the favorite for Rookie of the Year? I didn't look that up yet, but I would assume, being the number one pick, you are. Um, Usually, and, and is. definitely getting into an opportunity where he's going to, I would assume, a lot of shots on that team. Um, I'm kind of worried. The only worry I had about him, he kind of looked like the number one pick all year to me. But I kept hearing about him losing seven pounds a game, sweating. I don't know if you guys heard this at all. And he was fading and cramping in the second half. So I don't, he's probably got that figured out or I mean, NBA nutritionist and stuff. But I just want to see how he's going to get through the rigors of an 82-game season. And if he, if he plays over 60 games, uh, I think he'll win the rookie of the year and have a successful year for them. But um, it's always, I mean, it's kind of double the games that you play in college. So it'll be interesting to see how these rookies hold up. Uh, Suggs didn't hold up that well last year. Hopefully he bounces back this year, but definitely will be a fun NBA league pass team. The magic kind of always are. So looking forward to, to watching them play this year. Yeah. So Nick, I know you asked about the record. Uh, a thing that me and Matt have kind of been doing is just kind of ranking each team by their division. So out of the five teams in this division, Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, Miami, Orlando, and Washington. Where do you rank this Orlando team? Because I think I I would probably put them dead last at this at this point. I think you kind of have to. Yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, there are some teams I could see, maybe see them beat out in that division. I'm not super sold on the Wizards. I know they gave Bradley Beal the fucking moon to stay there, um, but Porzingis is a walking injury, and um, that's a team that. I could see have a, a, a pretty bad year. I mean, if you don't, if you remember the Wizards, not to go off on them, they started the year off like amazing. <laughs> they were like the number one team in the East, and then they just tanked. So, um, yeah, Magic probably dead last would be my prediction. But if they were going to beat a team in that division and, and pass them, it would be that Wizards team because I just don't have any trust in in them at all. Yeah, Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would have to agree. I, I would say. Um, I'm a little bit more high on the Wizards than that. I don't. I honestly, unless unless something catastrophic happens, I don't think the Wizards get last. Um, I think they made some nice additions with like that uh, trade with the Nuggets, adding Will Barton and um, Monte Morris. Monte Morris. We'll get into Washington Wizards. Uh, yeah, we'll podcast, get into them. Right? I, I just thought I would just say that quick. 
I'm not a big Wizards band. No, I, I disagree right. with Nick no, completely on that. I think Washington's going to be a but lot better I, this year. Um, but I think, uh, honestly, like, it, it's not a bad thing either to be last for them. Like, if if they were to add somebody like uh, Wembenier or um, Scoot Henderson, I think, like, they – I mean, they could be a – or even somebody like Cam Whitmore, um, if you guys know who that is. Uh, but – I think like if they could add one more player that could end up being the star, like I, this team could be really good in the future, especially if Paulo has the year that uh, some people think he could have. Um, but yeah, I think that they're probably going to be dead last this year, and that and that's completely fine. I think you more just want to see guys like Suggs and Paulo have a good year. Yeah, I agree. I was just basically saying with the Wizards, and when you guys uh an- analyze them. If you're picking who's fourth in that division, you're probably going to go with them. But I'll let you save that for another episode. But uh, the big thing for, for, for the Magic is young players making that leap. And then uh, they do have uh, the Bulls pick this next coming year. So you're rooting against the Bulls the whole year. If you're a Magic fan, root for those young guys to take a leap. And then root for the Bulls to suck. It's top four protected. So root for them to kind of be what they were last year, but a little bit worse. Um, because yeah, top four protected. I mean, uh, already that trade that you did, uh, with, uh, the bulls turned into, uh, Wendell Carter and, uh, Franz Wagner. And then that third pick's coming up this year. So we'll see. It could have been a very good trade for the magic. And I can't say they're known for making amazing trades. They let go of Shaq. They let go of Dwight Howard, but their third guy that they let go at the big man spot, Vucevic might pay off for them. We'll see. I think it's already a win without that pick already, but yeah, like we, I think we all agree though. Like I think for this Orlando team, it's about building for the future, and hopefully the future is bright for the, for the Orlando Magic. Um, moving on past uh, this Orlando Magic squad, we're gonna move on to section number two of the podcast, talking about future NBA award projections. Uh, so we'll kind of get into who we think could be a possible MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Sixth Man of the Year candidate for this next season. Um, Matt, you got an MVP favorite? Yeah, I mean, I could go off on a tangent on all of these, but since uh, this is just the second part of this one, I think uh, an MVP candidate that I have this year, I think, I mean, he could have been considered for it more last year than he was this year. Um, or, I mean, considered for it more than he was this year is Luka Doncic. I think, I mean, I got kind of a, an unfair, like, thing for, like, how he played in the first part of the year. I mean, sure, he didn't play as great as he could have, but, I mean, the dude was a monster, and he didn't have Porzingis for most of the year. Like, uh, most of these guys are playing with, like, pretty good other squads. Um, I, I know, like, Jokic doesn't have that great of a squad either, but at the same time, like, I think – Luca like impacts the game like so much and it's clear considering he brought his team all the way to the um conference finals this year beating the <laughs> Suns in historic fashion I'm still laughing at Suns fans um <laughs> but that would that would be my pick to start this year um unless I was gonna go with my hometown bias and pick Ant but <laughs> it's probably year year too early. Yeah, I don't think you can do that yet. You just yeah. took like everything that me and Alex were gonna say probably or at least about Ant. I feel like we're probably all pretty high on Ant. I was literally gonna say if I didn't take Luca, probably Ant because I know the Ant Man is putting in work, but Luca came into the last season a little out of shape. Uh got a little injured. Um he was also, I believe, playing a lot with uh his national team. Um, so we'll see how he comes into this NBA season. Cause he's one of those guys where if he put in the, the work in the gym, like Giannis, he's got, uh, he's already more skilled than Giannis was coming into the league. And Giannis came in, uh, extremely skinny, but the, the work that he put in, not just on his body, but on his skills. Um, I mean, it, it's tough to pick against Giannis too. So, uh, being it that you already took two of the guys I was going to say, I'm going to say Giannis because that dude is a freak for a reason. I mean, he's seven feet tall. His jumper's getting better. He can drop 50 on your head at any time, but he can also drop assists. I mean, that dude's amazing. And Chris Middleton being out in those playoffs, I mean, he could have a second ring right now if that didn't happen. Um, so he's always a threat to win MVP. And then um, I don't know what you think, but the, the foreign guys are is three guys not from the U.S. that I feel like are, are definitely going to be in the running. But I'm curious your take. Let me just mention another, another one. I'll, I'll throw in another uh, overseas guy. How about Joel Embiid? 
Oh yeah, I guess he's overseas as well. Had it stole from him this last year, some would say. Um, I picked Nikola Jokic to win it, but a lot of people thought jo- Joel should have won it last year, which you know maybe is adding more fuel to the fire. You know they added PJ Tucker, James Harden maybe starts fresh, gets a little bit healthier, maybe that helps him. You know, get a little bit more plubis- <laughs> more more talk about his game just because you know they're going to be winning a lot more with these additions on their team. So yeah. The publicity, I think, is the word you're going yeah, for. Yeah, there. I was trying to say, and, yeah, and he was pretty out. hyped up. But I mean, Jokic, those stats he put up, and I also hate Embiid. So being a Timberwolves fan, he's always dog cat. So I'm a little biased. I also bet on Jokic last year. So uh, you know, everything was going against Embiid in my book. If I had a vote, which I don't, but uh, there's no arguing. Embiid's a great player. And if they get KD, I mean, they already got Harden. Harden hopefully is going to – it's another thing with Harden. Like, what what Harden's showing up? Is it the one who's been at the strip club until 2 a.m.? Or is it the one that is putting in work and, and getting in his bag? And, uh, yeah, I definitely think he's a threat to win it. But I'm curious to get your guys' take on rookie of the year. We already talked about how Paul is a big threat. But who, if it's not Paul the favorite, who, who's the second favorite? Who's going to put up those stats and, and play enough games to get that rookie of the year? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Paul's obviously probably the favorite, um, and that's probably who I would pick as well. But I would say one guy that I could honestly see winning Rookie of the Year would be uh, Keegan Murray for the Sacramento Kings. I think the Kings are going to – they've made moves, like, throughout the last, like, season and a half that have said that they want to compete for at least a playing spot, so I could see them – um, trying to still be competitive at that point in the year, whereas maybe some other guys are sitting out by that time, um, depending on how their seasons are going. It, it might be the full-on tankathon uh, earlier this year, considering some of the talent in the draft. Um, but Keegan Murray is definitely somebody that can fill the stat sheet in a variety of different ways, and I think he's also somebody that could end up playing like pretty much most of the games. Um, I think he was pretty healthy at Iowa. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, no, I like Keegan Murray. I think you're maybe throwing a little biasness towards his summer league games that he has, which he did show a lot. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't say Jaden Ivey because I really wanted to get – I think Jaden Ivey is going to be special in this league. You know, shades of Ja Morant, some would say, but I, I hate comparisons when it comes to comparing a player that's already still in the league. But I think Jaden Ivey, next to Cade Cunningham, I think it's just going to open up his game um, that much, and uh, he is my pick for rookie of the year. Um, defense player of the year, though, you know, I wanted Jaron Jackson to win it last year. He didn't win it. Went to Marcus Smart, which I guess kind of deserving, but you know, I wasn't the big Mark. I was. I'm not a big Marcus Smart fan, so you know, I thought Jaron Jackson should want it. I'm picking Jaron Jackson this year. Nick, who do you got for defense player of the year? You're still picking Jaron Jackson, even though he's going to be missing uh, some time to start the year. How long? You know that, right? He's going to be out until uh, December. So, uh, I think he had a surgery. I forgot what it was. But, I mean, he is a good defensive player. He he and Cat were getting injured in the playoffs, uh, trying to figure out who could out, foul out first. So, I don't know if I'm going to stick with him. Uh, it's tough because Gobert's already won it so many times, but – he is an amazing defensive player, and you're really going to see the impact I think he has on the Timberwolves. So I'm going to go with him. Um, kind of circling back to rookie of the year, I was going to say Ivy too because I liked his game a lot. Uh, I don't know if he reminds me about Ja just because I don't think he has that athleticism, but he definitely kind of has that dog. Um, dude, Ja's Jay a freak Ivy is too. Man. Jay Jay Ivy is too. Show me some videos oh of him God. jumping Look over his entire college clips, even um, in summer league. I watched a lot of Purdue basketball. He's good. Um, I'm going to go with another guy, Bendit, Benedict Matherin. Uh, I watch the. I live in LA, so I watch a lot yes. of Pac-12. Um, he's kind of that guy, and, and I don't think the Pacers are going to be very good. So I think he's going to get a lot of chances to to shoot those shots, and he might put up a lot of stats this year. They just traded Malcolm Brogdon as well, um, so I think he's going to just from a minute standpoint. But I like how none of us thought about Jabari Smith. I just don't think he's that, like, number one. But they already got Jalen Green, so I get the pick there. But I get why he did not go number one because I never really thought he was that guy you could just build a team around. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'd say about those two. Going to the sixth man, it's interesting because Hero won it last year, right? 
or you didn't say defensive player of the year. Well, give me your defensive player of the year, Matt, but also give me your sixth man because I feel like Tyler Hero should have been starting last year. He's going to start this year. Who's defensive player of the year, and then who's going to be that sixth man? Yeah, so just just one comment on the on the Jaden Ivy thing first too. <laughs> uh, I I have to I have to agree on there that uh, I don't think he's going to win just because not that he's not a good player. I just think that they're going to be. Um, have other guys like I think Cade's gonna take a bigger step this year too. So um, that was a terrible pick, Alex. But uh, <laughs> that's that's fine. I think he's, I think he's a good player though. He's actually he is hyper athletic too. Train. That's fine. I can be the last. Um, but I think uh, the defensive player of the year could end up going to uh, Giannis again this year. I think he should have won it last year too. I think Giannis. Yeah, Giannis has always been like. He's just a freak athletically, so, like, he can make plays all over the court on defense. Um, I know, like, he's not, like, the best perimeter defender, um, but at the same time, he's so athletic that he's not that bad. Um, But going into the sixth man of the year, I think uh, this is tough. I think, um, you know, like, obviously Tyler Hero should be starting, so I wouldn't be surprised if he won it again if they don't start him again. Um, but somebody I could see winning the sixth man of the year would be, um, you know, maybe somebody like it's, it's tough. Cause I don't know for sure, like what their starting lineups are going to be, but, um, I could see somebody like, depending on the Wolves starting lineup, like I could honestly see like, uh, McDaniels winning it unless he starts. Uh, I mean, he could be starting. I, I'm not sure what our starting lineup is going to look like, but I think he's going to take an extra jump this year. So I think that if it's coming from the bench, you could see him averaging enough to win six man of the year. Um, that's kind of a homer take, but the, I think it's also realistic too. But what are you guys' takes for those? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I don't think I'm a, a, a Jaden Ivey hater, but um, as far as rookie of the year goes, I, I kind of agree with you that there are some other ones. Defensive player of the year, I mean, Giannis is kind of that chalk pick. Like, if, if we brought Giannis off the bench and if we decided to make him a first-year, he'd win all of these awards because he's just that good. Um, but uh, as far as six-man go, yeah, it does kind of depend on the lineups. I hope that we start Jamie McDaniels. So I, I hope that he's not in consideration for it because I think he's a guy who's going to grow by just getting in that starting lineup, getting those minutes. Um, but, uh, as far as defensive player of the year, I kind of mentioned, uh, or not defensive player of the year, six man of the year, rather kind of mentioned him already when I was talking about Benedict Matherin and the Pacers, um, Brogdon being traded to the Celtics. That's the team that's going to win a lot of games. He's going to come off the bench for them, much like Tyler Hero did for the Heat. Uh, the Heat were, you know, the number one team in the East last year. I definitely think that's the team, uh, the Celtics that could be the number one team again this year. Brogdon's going to play 30 minutes a game. Um, so I would say my pick right now, early on Brogdon. It's a good pick. Um, yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to guess six man of the year just cause it's, you don't know who's either going to start or if they're going to have them come off the bench. Um, a player I kind of like coming off the bench. I mean, we talked about him already on this Orlando podcast, but maybe he's getting a little bit older, but somebody like Terrence Ross, um, somebody that can put up points. I think that's usually what wins it. Um, Tyler hero might start, so probably can't pick him anymore. Um, trying to think. Yeah. I think, I think somebody that could maybe have a chance would be depending on who starts for the Cavs, like either Levert or, um, Colin Sexton, whichever one comes off the bench. Cause I think one of them will, Probably so. One of them could have a chance because I think they'll be pretty good this year. Um, that would be maybe be my pick outside of the Timberwolves because I I would want McDaniel's to start too. I just think maybe they'll start slow mo. I guess it's it's kind of hard to tell at this point. I, in the year. I think I'm gonna go with like a kind of surprising pick. So a player who just came on to a new team, Brooklyn Nets, um, didn't play at all last year in T.J. Warren. Um, I think you know, not only scoring, but pushing the tempo a little bit. We're going to have to see how, you know, he comes back after that major injury. But, I mean, clearly they're going to have him come off the bench if KD is still there, Kyrie's still there. They're probably going to start a defensive player to go with that, like a Royce O'Neal or something like that. So 
I could see somebody like TJ Warren coming in off the bench, putting up points for this team. Um, that's probably my pick. I just want to mention quick though, that, uh, the NBA is retiring Bill Russell's number six Jersey for all 30 NBA teams. So that does not include any player that currently is wearing number six Jersey. But once, uh, all those players are out of the league, uh, officially that, uh, number six Jersey will not be worn by anybody. Uh, it'd be really cool though, to see like a special night where they have like a Bill Russell night where everybody wears the number six Jersey. What do you guys think about that? Uh, how would we know which guy is which? Uh, just the last name. I guess yeah, they did nick. I guess they did nicknames one time, which was actually kind of cool. I wish they'd bring that back. But yeah, Bill Russell, legend, eleven uh, titles, I believe. I believe he was the first black coach for the Celtics too, despite uh, what uh, Jay Williams thinks, because he messed that up one time saying that uh, their current coach was. Um, but yeah, Bill Russell, just a legend. Um, yeah, it would be cool to to recognize him. I think they, you know, they already do with the NBA Finals MVP. Uh, we're gonna miss him at, at those finals presentations because, uh, despite getting up there in age, he was always there handing it out, and um, you know, definitely a top ten athlete of all time. I feel like just <laughs> you got more rings than you got fingers. That's a that's a guy that's going down in history. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of those points. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the number thing might not be as realistic. I think you're probably referring to like the Jackie Robinson, everyone wearing 42 in baseball, uh, which is a little more plausible because they don't move in baseball and don't have, and don't have falls. But yeah, I I, I think like the the patch thing or, or I could maybe see that in like the all-star game or something one time, you know? Um, But, but yeah, that'd be cool. Um, cool He's definitely a legend in the game. I mean, we've talked about him before on a podcast um but yeah i think uh it's cool to see i think i, I at first before I, I read more into it i was like oh lebron's gonna have to change number but like you said like everybody's gonna be keeping their number if they already had it so i that's nice for those guys yeah and some players might just change their number just in respect for him as well so lebron's not doing no, that. I know. he's but, keeping that six because no, he and LeBron's one of the few guys I feel like he, he can keep it if he has already has it. But other guys, I feel like if you're not LeBron, maybe change it to another but, one. Wouldn't that but, be weird, though, if LeBron uh, the only one six, though? I mean, he's the only one who's in the same breath yeah. as Bill Russell that's currently Facts. in the league right now. So, I, And I'm not even a LeBron guy, but, I mean, that's the reason he wears, no, wears number six. So um, before we go, though, I didn't see if you had, have talked about it in a past episode, but uh, one more award. Uh, the most improved. Who do you think that would be? Have you talked about that yet, guys? Not. I mean, we we did the award show uh, last year and mentioned it, but um, just real quick, who do you think is going to win it? Ja won it last year, which makes me think my pick's going to be Ant. Um, more realistic, probably than MVP is Ant winning that award. Ant probably because I don't think he's going to win MVP just because. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he has. I mean, if somebody won a VP, it could be probably Jaw over and Yeah, I feel like you almost now maybe have to win that award first or at least be, you know, have that stepping stone of winning some well, sort of award. All-star. Yeah, because he didn't even make the All-Star team, which I think was trash, but that's a, that's for another conversation. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see uh, Ant winning most improved, though. Um, another guy I could also see winning it, like, it's, they have been kind of giving it to, like, um, like high overall picks, so, so like maybe somebody like Jalen Green, because I can see him taking a bigger step this year. But I mean, I I think it was like Brandon Ingram's third year, and Julius Randle was more into his career. So that, I don't know if they gave it to a second year player like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, Ant would be my pick, uh, just because I think he could ha- have a big step up. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's solid and. Uh, last year, DeJounte got second, and Garland got third, and Poole got fourth. So um, it doesn't always go to – I mean, I, honestly, I think Poole probably should have won it. He probably took the biggest leap, but it doesn't always go uh, to that guy that really was truly most improved. I feel like you got to have a little bit of that star power too. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to change my um, pick from Ant, it'd probably be somebody like Tyrese Halliburton, somebody who doesn't have a lot of competition on his team besides, like you mentioned, Ben Matherin. So 
you know, it could go in his favor with the team that is on his, you know, who the roster that is built around him. Um, and they probably won't have that great of a record, which, you know, didn't happen this past year, but in past years it has. I got a wild one for you. Michael Porter Jr., who missed pretty much the whole season last year. So I feel like he would have that redemption side, and he is talented. I mean, it's just, is he going to stay healthy? Because there's a reason he fell to, what, 13th in the draft. He's uh, He got his bag, though, before he got injured again, at least. So he got that max. So. Um, yeah, but anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, no, I'd say another wild card could maybe be somebody like Anthony Simons if they're on a good team this year, like if they play better this year. Yeah, he, he holds um, that CJ McCollum role, maybe. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like that. I like the Michael Porter Jr. one. Um, unfortunately, I think he might have a, the back of an 80-year-old, so uh, yeah, we'll see if that comes to fruition or not, but he's a good player when he's healthy. Yeah, but I mean, to conclude this podcast, though, we just want to quickly mention we've done it you know, pretty much every other episode. Um, but it's been 176 days since Brittany Griner was detained in Russia. Just here at Shots Aside, us three, we just want to wish her the best, hope that she can get back soon, as soon as possible, um, and uh, get back to her, not only her family, but her friends, her teammates, the organization, uh, people that care about her. But I want to see her beat Boogie Cousins in one-on-one still, so get yeah, back here, Brittany. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> but just here at Shot Side, uh, make sure to uh, follow us at on our Twitter account, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Shot Side. Um, we will have another episode coming out soon, actually tomorrow, uh, on the Washington Wizards. That will wrap up uh, this division, the Southeast Division. Um, and then starting next week, we're getting into the Western Conference. So that's a uh, a big uh, week for us because on Tuesday uh, we got our Minnesota Timberwolves uh, podcast. So that'll be a, a little bit longer one, just kind of like this one is. But uh, you guys are going to really enjoy that one. So stay tuned uh, for our next episodes. Um, from here at Shot Side, peace out, guys. Peace. peace.